Hey, beautiful human, thank you so much for tapping on our conversation with Teddy Swims. It is an honor to be in your ears today. Thank you so much for allowing us to be there. I really appreciate it. And Teddy Swims is extraordinary. His story is crazy. There is so much to get into. Plus, he has a bunch of new songs out and a new project on the way. So let's get into it, okay? Teddy Swims, here he is. Hello, beautiful human. I'm Zach. And uh, we welcome to the studio Teddy, someone who isn't me sometimes, oh, nice. swims. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, buddy. Anytime. <laughs> Thanks for being here, bro. Hey, bro. Thanks for having me, buddy. I really enjoy, I mean, one, I, I think tattoos are art. I, I, I can't, I have a fear of commitment to the point of like, if I put something on my skin forever, I'm going to want to instantly get rid of it. But you, like, like, I'm envious of this. I'm envious of the art that you have put all over your body can I just ask, like, what at what age does your tattoo journey begin? Um, I was 16 when I got my first one, and uh, dude, I was I was a, a sophomore in high school, and uh, you know, and, and at 16, uh, with with parents' consent, you can in Florida get yeah. tattoos, right? And uh, so I had, we was out there. Um, my niece, I think she was like turning three or four or something, and she wanted to go to uh, Disney World, and no, I mean it was probably way still, still too early to take her to Disney World. I, not to judge any parents, but if you if you're taking your kids to Disney World at a time where they probably won't remember it when they get older, <laughs> then it's why? Like, then you're just pushing this little girl around in a stroller, and she's just crying wearing a bell dress. You know what I'm saying? But either way, <laughs> you're uh, making get, your life hell. Yeah, doing yeah. That. Either way, I, I, neither here nor there. Um, so uh, we went to like three different tattoo shops. Because she was remarried, so she has a different last name. So a lot of them still was like, you know, wouldn't do it because of that last name change, right? And oh. uh, and so we finally found one lady in Orlando to do it. Dude, I, I remember this lady, dude. She didn't even have eyebrows. She had literally nine hoop piercings <laughs> that made up an eyebrow. It was the scariest lady. Sweet as could be. I don't know if she's maybe watching this. Or, but And she did a good job on the tattoo. So I got it covered. It wasn't because she did a bad job, but I, I, had, I did this... Uh, I had it across, with right here on my bicep, uh-huh. across with my last uh, banner that ran across, and it had my real last name Dimsdale in it, and then another little banner that said "Established 1992." <laughs> I'm, dude, I'm, you know, dude, the douchiest <laughs> douchebag tattoos you can get. As a, as a kid, that didn't know what he wanted to get tattooed, but I just wanted a tattoo. I remember going back to school and like, that I'm cutting my sleeves off my shirts in the football locker room, like. Bitches love me, dude. I'm fucking tatted. My boys yatted. All my boys are dapping me up like, yeah, Dimsdale got yatted. You know, I, did, dude, I think we spent like 250 bucks on it. And again, she did a great job on it. But the idea I gave her was just what a douchebag would give her at 16, you know. And I ended up getting it covered, obviously. And uh, uh, nothing against Jesus and the cross. I think it was just more of the... Uh, the Dimsdale and the established 1992 <laughs> part that I had to go like I was going to forget the year I was born in my last name. Just in case. Yeah, just in case. I needed a... <laughs> Look right over at the bicep. <laughs> but does that spark something in you that clearly, I mean, tattoos are definitely not who you are, but it is a part of your aesthetic and what people see when they look at you. And it, like your story is incredible. We're going to go through it and I'm excited. But like, does that spark something that one tattoo that like makes you want to keep going because I hear that from people who get that. Oh them. yes, but they're so addictive, and I mean it's always been my dream too. So uh, 
you know, when I was coming up, my my granddad was a Pentecostal pastor, and we used to, there used to, he was he was always like very stern by the book. Like, dude, it was years and years before uh, we would even could after church even go to a restaurant where there was a bar at it, you know. And finally, as he got close to this uh, this this family Armendariz that that owned a Mexican restaurant in town, he knew them well enough. So he's like, all right, we can start going to this Mexican restaurant. I know it's got a bar at it, but it's fine. We can go here. I used to get $10 at the end of the week on Sunday for, for doing my chores throughout the week. Uh. And then, obviously, you got to give a dollar to the offering because you got to pay your 10 cents tithe, you know. And so I'm like, fine, I'll do that. And my brother was such an overachiever. He used to give, like, five. I was like, you're an idiot. I'm keeping $9. <laughs> and so, so then we'd go to the Mexican restaurant after, uh, after, after we get done, and I turned all into quarters and just cash out on, like, the 50-cent tattoo machines, you know. And I just... <laughs> sit in the mirror and just cover myself in tattoos as a kid i mean i maybe i could find pictures of it but i'm flexing in the mirror you know like now of nine years old with my tats and wow. it, was a, it was a thing man it was so many times where people were like you know what do you want to be when you grow up and i i tattooed you know before i was it was like i want to be a comedian or i want to be tattooed but it was like as if that was a career just being wow tattooed. but that's what i wanted i wanted to be covered in tattoos do you have enough right now oh, Never. Where's next? Um, I I like I, I try to get my legs finished. I still got a lot of area here, and dude, I I got my back done probably two years ago now, and uh, oh my god, dude, it's the f-ing worst pain I've ever been through, and I really? still haven't finished it, and I'm scared. I gotta finish it eventually, but I'm I'm dude, I'm terrified of it. It's- what kind of feeling do you have when you are faced with something that actually hurts, right? Like somebody who has face tattoos, palm of the hand tattoos, like, and there is a part and maybe not for you, but I know for a lot of people that people do it for the pain a little bit, right? And when they find that area that hurts to a point where they actually, where it's unpleasant to the point where they can't do it again, like, is there a realization that plays into that? Um, I, I don't know. I, I definitely, like, I, I, I don't go to get the tattoo because I enjoy the pain, but I guess there is something a little therapeutic about it, too, you know, uh, this endorphin release when you're yeah. getting cut into, maybe that's that's kind of nice about it, but, um, and maybe my back is just, it's just full of nerves, or, or for me, I like to, I always like this, I always like to, uh, like, get tattoos in places where I can see, like, if you got this leg piece, at least if he's tattooing here, I can see that this is the spot I could focus my pain on, you know, or oh. this spot. And so I guess with my back, there was a thing too that was just like you can't see it. My entire back is just on fire and it hurts, and I want this to end. And and also the idea of my tat was just really dumb. So there's this uh, <laughs> dude. There's this there's this uh, old picture. I'm sure you might have seen the meme that floats around and uh and it's Jesus and he's got the basketball and he's like crossing up the devil. Of and, course. And so I, I go to my buddy Derek. Uh, my best friend and he's this is a tattoo of him he's done of himself on me and uh he's done a lot of my stuff and so i came with him and i was like bo i want to i want to do this back piece of jesus crossing the devil and he's like dude we should add jordan ones on it <laughs> so he's still wearing the, fucking, uh, the garb you know with the jordan sick. ones and uh we never finished the devil but so it, it was also one of those things where um you know maybe if i'd have got something like meaningful and awesome it would have been worth the pain but when it, when I gave my entire back to like a twelve hour joke and it still wasn't done, the joke just was not that damn funny. And also, I'm like, I, I burn really easy, and I'm, and I'm a fat guy, so I'm not the quickest guy to take my shirt off either. So nobody's really looking at it. Nobody's you know? gonna see it. Yeah, and 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 
and I like to say too, even if I'm even if I'm like boning my girlfriend in our room, there's no position where she's looking at my back, you know. Yeah, I mean, it depends so, on how you're feeling that yeah, day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know? unless I'm unless I'm getting pegged, and my ass say. blasted. But still, even even as if, even if my ass was getting a whole fucking plowed, I would. That would not be the thing you want to look at either. I'd I mean, be like pissed at- if my girlfriend had that on her back while I was banging. I'd be like, dude, come on, Jesus, looking at me with these Jordan ones on right now. <laughs> well, I'm pegging my boyfriend. Yeah, I've, but this whole premarital sex of pegging your boyfriend. I mean, ah, <laughs> it's so fucked. I love it, dude. You are. I, I, there's a lot of music to talk about, and, and I'm like, you, you, who you are and in, in, in your story is very unique. So. Y- you talk about being nine and wanting tattoos. You also mentioned that you're a football player. Football mattered the most in your yeah, family. for sure. It, it was that in religion. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. But it's your best friend's dad who recognizes something within you and a voice that, until that moment, is laying dormant. Like, when do you sing for the first time? I guess about my eighth grade summer when I really got to hanging out with Jesse, man. I appreciate you doing that, you know, just... <laughs> Research, that's cool, man. Uh, yeah, I guess like my eighth grade summer, I really I kind of got into it, and I wanted to, you know, uh, Jesse would play guitar, and um, our buddy Addison would, he was really the singer, so I was like, all right, well, let's fucking start a metal band. I'll be the screamer, you know, and that's kind of where I, I first started leaning into And Is this Heroic Bear? Heroic Bear was actually not until my senior year we started that, and man, I don't know if you've, I mean, as much research looks like you've done, you might have gotten on YouTube and listened to it, and I'm sorry to hear that if you have listened to any Heroic Bear. You're MySpace. God bless you, man. You How's really the... Did, you really did your thing, bro. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it housed a lot of your music. I can't believe... I can't even imagine what my pictures look like on it. God, I can't Dude, so... Marry Me Miss Cherry featuring Woo, Kay Bizzle. Come on, no, you didn't. It's about to hit a thousand streams. Oh, shit. I mean, I don't know if you're collecting on that or not, but you should get your people on it. I think I, I, think I should get a little fucking... Like, <laughs> platinum record man dude you know i just talked to him the other day too man i hadn't talked to him forever i'm i'm gonna have to text him when i leave and be like yo man so i was in this podcast and my boy just brought you up k bizzle man so let's go back to eighth grade so that's your first band ever and there's somebody else singing do you how do you tell him that like hey can i take us can i try it 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 wasn't really a band as much as it was like i'll tell you this we had uh we had more potential band name. We had we'd started more bands than we ever <laughs> songs we wrote. You know, I'll tell you that. You know, yeah. like with that at that age, you're just like anything that happens in life. We're like, oh, that's a dope band name. <laughs> we're gonna be, and then we'd start another MySpace page, and <laughs> maybe on your fucking Motorola Razor, we'd have Jesse just strumming away on acoustic and upload that to MySpace and be like, I don't know, just some stupid ass name demo. <laughs> and we'd be like, yeah, bro, band. We're- <laughs> Man, this is awesome! <laughs> but like again, I think I think we had we had we had more band names and songs we had written at the time for sure. It's that familiarity with the internet that really, I mean, you have to feel somewhat comfortable, especially as you progress, as it relates to covers, like because you have been sharing something on the internet for so long and yeah. utilizing it for what it's worth. I mean, there there's some benefits to even as stupid as it is, just getting it out there. Oh yeah, dude. That for, with failing, you know. That's I, it. Yeah, dude. I love failing. It's my best friend, you know. <laughs> if failure's got to be your best friend, man. What's that? What's that one thing they say about uh, the successful person has failed more times than oh. the, the other person's even tried, or some shit? It's like true. That? And I, I, I definitely do. I, I was, I was so hungry for this, and so, um, 
I've, even right before this, I was in a bunch of bands that nobody gave a shit about, and I never thought I was going to do the YouTube cover route. I never thought that it was going to happen that way, and it just kind of did, and it like worked really fast. And then I kind of like kicked myself in the ass. I was like, damn, if I'd have done this two years ago. But I guess timing's everything too, you know? Because like when you ask a question, like when did you? I know I, I always say people always uh, ask me it just like this too, like when did you discover you could sing like that, you know? And I'm like, I mean, it definitely wasn't like I just opened my mouth and like I was like oh and all my friends were like bro what and I was like oh my god you hear what just came out of me it was it was like dude we were bad um I, I wish Jesse was here to tell you that we were bad we used to go to the movie theater and uh all the time and kind of sit outside of the movie theater and and try to just get comfortable and sing little pop punk songs and uh we used to play this game all the time which is uh you know kids this day and age I don't know what the wrong with kids this day and age cannot do we used to say uh play this game called sorry you're not my, sorry i thought you were my parents <laughs> and it's and it's it's, it's what <laughs> you think it is we'd stand in front of the movie theater and these, these cars would pull up you know and somebody would have their phone and we'd get in there and like close the door and be like oh shit i'm sorry i thought you were my parents <laughs> dude you could get killed nowadays doing shit like that but we would go out there and we'd sing and sing and sing and uh man people would just like don't quit your day job or like you guys fucking suck or <laughs> You know, and I, and the thing was, is like I I, I didn't I, I still at this point um, I, I think dynamically I'm a good singer now. I know with the with the science of how singing works, I made sure I've learned enough about it that I, I can undeniably I can sing. But we all hate our voices, you know, and I'm sure you're doing this. Like even still, you hear your voice so much that you're just like, oh god damn it, do I sound like that? You know, it's funny. That's I I've. Eight hours a day for the last 15 years as of July I've been doing this and every day for that long I'd hear myself back to the point where I would hear myself without headphones on and I wouldn't recognize myself that's wild yeah. it happens still like to the point where like I used to make the joke that I wish I could walk around with a little microphone and a processor and like a speaker on my belt loop yeah. so that's the way you consume me because the other thing too is like I, you know, I have this, it's so funny, like, it's not that I, I hate the way I sound, I just don't feel like I sound myself unless I'm talking like this. Yeah, okay. It's not talking like this, it's talking through this, because, do you get what I'm saying? Like, everything you say right now, you're hearing it back, it's like a loop. Yeah, and you're kind of hearing it, and it's, I guess, like a... It's so old isolated. version of itself or something, yeah. It's thick. I, I, I'll even say, man. With with that being said, I, I, I as I as I've been singing and like longer and longer in my life, and uh, so I had I recently um, I, within the last year, year or something, right during the pandemic, um, I had my friend Carson Thompson, and she's really uh, we we did theater together in high school, and she's like the most incredible singer on the planet, hands down. I mean, nothing it holds. A cattle to her i always like was was on her like man you should come in we should write together we should come in and do something record come to the studio record something with me um record something with me and so i wrote a song sent it to her and she had to wrote this verse and came over and recorded it and and she's so capable and like incredible and we go to record you know the song and uh man she's just overly cautious and it takes you know where we might take a 20 second verse and it takes an hour and a half to record it because she's like not used to hearing herself in this and not used to uh, adjusting her voice to what this is or having asking for what she needs out of this yes. to adjust to what her voice is. And, you know, and so then you realize like there's just a sport of recording a vocal versus even singing. Bro, you know? goosebumps right now because it, once you 
this is an asset or a detriment, right? And it needs to be played like an instrument almost so you can better, so you can use it to capture the right versions of yeah. yourself. And I've watched enough friends, even vocal produce their own records, whether it be in the moment on how they utilize the mic and their placement to the mic. And again, to your point, like how do you use this for you? And then also what they do in post-production after that is insanity. I mean, you mentioned musical. I, I want to get back to what you do in the studio, but I want to understand how you go from being a football player to having the guts to go and audition for Rent. And you end up getting the lead role. Like, you are Roger in your high school yeah, version of Rent. That's my senior year. So I had I had been doing, I had been doing, uh, you know... I have been doing theater for a couple years by then. Uh, my se- I got in my se- sophomore year, and in my senior year, we had we had did a uh, rent. Um, but who pushes you to do that? Because you were playing football too, right? Yeah, Jesse, man, he's he's he did everything for me, man. His family are just the f- dude. The Hampton family is uh, hands down the biggest inspiration of my life, and um, his older sister. And that's a family that's not your own, just uh, friends. Oh, uh, they. I see. I yeah. I, I disagree. They are. They are your family. Oh, it's gonna bring me yeah, to tears. Yeah, dude, they're the best. I mean, there's times after. Even after school, if I've had shit or I've lost my house, I've lost anything, my job closes down or I lost a job. I mean, did they, dude, he will hire me to, his dad will hire me for his commercial plumbing business. I don't know what the f I'm doing. Pay me $12 an hour under the table. Still give me 200 extra at the end of the, I mean, let me live there. Yeah. They are, they are the rock. They're the salt of the earth man and uh so his sister was uh you know she's a little couple years older than us and uh we were sophomores i think she had graduated the year before and he's like bro we should we should get in a theater uh you know we actually got in there we should get in the theater and as we were really starting to kind of develop our voices and really playing more and stuff and i was like yeah okay i could i could i could stand and do that um i'm i still i'm not like the guy that is great i, I still very 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 nervous on stage um but we get in the theater um and i mean i do i remember even our first our first productions i was ever in i'd dude i, I would be so fucking nervous i'd for like three hours just like before the show just sit and stare at a wall and like like this and like not say shit to anybody you know i would just not eat nothing just shut down and i was just so wrecked nervous and i mean once you hit your first note or line like boom it's all gone yeah. but i would be so freaked out man and um i remember i remember my first show we did is this this musical called damn yankees me and jesse did and we're just ensemble i think i might have had three or four lines right uh you know nothing serious and um i remember telling my mom my sophomore year like mom you know i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna be done with football i don't i don't want to do football anymore um because dude I'm, I'm five foot seven bro it's not gonna work out for me on the defensive line it's just not gonna happen i could be i could be the fastest strongest biggest but then you got my buddy rashad who's like six four 350 pounds yeah you know? and even if, if even if he's fat and out of shape dude, that the, the college is gonna come and be like we want that guy we can work with him this is as big as this little kid's gonna get you know what i mean so it just wasn't it just wasn't gonna work for me there and is that a hard realization for you to even come to terms with or did um, you know i don't know it just wasn't rewarding and I mean I just and I'd, I'd, I'd see people like people in sports football and anything like do they could plan their entire life and give up their entire life for this one thing and god forbid like you break a knee and then now your whole life and your family's Everything. whole life and just like your opportunity to like rescue your family out of like turmoil or the hood or wherever you are it's like completely ruined because your knee got 
blown out by getting hit the wrong way. And now you, all everything we've built is for fucking nothing. It's all crumbled in front of us, and everything is just gone. You know? It's terrifying, it's, dude. It's it sucks, man. Because how many how many fucking LeBrons are there that was like graduated high school last year that was going to be ten times what LeBron is? But man, God, he came down, slam dunk, and came down and twisted his ankle and it's forever and now he's just that's it that's all he's got you know it's just so much so much it's just not just wasn't worth it man it's, and and I, I and i told my mom so i remember i remember sitting my mom down it was like real intervention style you know i'm sitting my mom down and i was like mom uh, i really want to take this theater thing seriously and the singing thing seriously i don't want to i i don't want to play football anymore and i mean she f- cried and cried and she's going to the closet and she's getting out all these like pictures and buttons and like magnets she's had over the years like baby why would you do this to us we're a football family this is what we do why are you doing this to me you know and she's so fucking hurt about it man and after uh, finally you know she, she didn't understand and then finally I, I got to do my first play and like I said I think I might have had all of four four lines and uh, right after the show she's like she's standing outside waiting for me to walk out the theater and she's just like crying again and she's like oh my god baby i'm so sorry you're a star this is where you belong <laughs> you know mom all of a sudden sees three lines out of my mouth like my baby that's that's where you were supposed to be all along but how good does that make you feel oh, that's incredible man and yet you get the man a lot of people don't can't say that they have parents like i do that are you know so supportive of this and, and the way I, I my life man it's, it's truly my dad that that was like uh i'm about to do this this about to do this trip uh to next weekend with uh to to san antonio with him i do every year he does this uh him and all of his buddies from high school he kind of grew up towards there and they all get together since 92 um (laughs) where i was born they all get together and they have like one weekend they call guys trip and they all act like 14 year olds again (laughs) and you know get drunk as shit draw dicks all over each other's faces and just have a weekend of just a bender for guys and they're all 50 now you know and they're getting old but so i waited my whole life you know up until i was 19 to finally get to go and um this is the first year that all three of my brothers get to go and so it's all four of us go and it's gonna be funnest time ever well that's exciting yeah we're on the way back that i was 19 first time i got to go we're on the way back driving uh, it's about 15 hour ride from san antonio back to georgia and um we're on the way back and you know i'm talking to my dad about music and how i want to pursue it and and my dad was literally like look man because I was in hair school at the time and going to cosmetology school and trying to trying to do that because my mom's always done hair and so she's like you know you know so much about this you know how to do it if I get old you can have my clientele you can build a clientele you can work right under me and then even with a job like that you can have your you know you can you can you, you can schedule your own schedule mm. and work around that for music you know and so not was, wrong yeah and so it was a great idea and so i'm going to school and my mom even at the time when i was going to go to cosmetology school she's like i'll even go back to school for my cosmetology teaching license so that way i can like literally just hold my hand like she did through school like it just fucking <laughs> hold my hand did my homework my whole goddamn life practically you know she's like I hold your hand through your hair school and then just all the way through life we'll be hand in hand together. It's perfect for us. You know, and so like she's the best, bro. She's so supportive. But um we're we're on the way back from Texas and my dad was like, Look, man, if you feel like that you wanna do music and this is what you're supposed to do and what you're singing and this is what you he's like, dude, I, 
Do not go back to school. Promise me you'll never go back to school. When we get home, don't go back. Don't do nothing else except nothing else for your life. He said, I wish I had the money to help. I wish I could do better for you, but you struggle, and I wish I could protect you from that. But, dude, I worked my ass off my whole life for you to be able to pursue what you wanted to. I didn't have the opportunity. you got to go get this. And here we are 29, 10 years later, and I'm, I'm dude. got this. And I just, I, just, I, I just will always say, man, and I just – if, if, if anybody that listens, I mean, I'm sure there are parents that listen to this, but if, 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 if you are listening to this, I don't, don't neglect the power of like what you can do for your child just by giving them permission to just can pursue their dreams because that permission, just the permission of my dad saying, Bo, if you take anything else for your life, I'm going to be mad. This is what you want to do. can go get it. Don't take nothing else for your life. And this, that permission was like, Boom, all gas on. I'd struggle for the rest of my life. I would, I don't care if I can keep my lights and my water on. I don't care what it is. Like dad said go do this. So like this I, I just I just needed that permission from him, you know, and it that, changed my fucking life. But by the way, like that permission allows you to do it freely. Because like the support of your parents, no matter if you wanna say it matters or it doesn't, like it definitely does. Yeah. Consciously, subconsciously, it weighs into what you do every day. Do my parents believe in what I'm doing? Do my parents care? Am I making my parents proud? So by like g being given that permission, it allows you to go after your dreams unencumbered yeah. with no other stress, no other things weighing you down. It allows you to really focus. So is it after that that you really go, I'm going to figure out this covers thing or what? Like what is your, your first move? Because in the covers world, even within the last 10 years, so that's like 2012, right? It's 2022 now. Covers were like very well underway at yeah. that point. Carmen, there's a, t a ton of people, Pentatonix. Oh, like, yeah. It was a very, very, very filled environment. It was not, there was, it was not an open lane. Like you had competition. Sure. But um, I, I mean, I didn't even start June 24th. 5th of 2019 was the first cover we uploaded so what that's I, I did, crazy yeah, it just recently happened i was i was i was just in a bunch of bands that most of them metal bands grow like i was just in a bunch of bands that nobody gave a shit about i, I, I didn't want to take that right i wanted to like you know i'm an artist i write my own song and i was always wanted to be in a band i didn't see myself as like a solo artist or yeah. teddy swims for any matter so i don't know it, it definitely wasn't like uh it definitely wasn't like i started the covers there or i i, I definitely had to like really really get get into figuring out what the f and I, I still but, think I am figuring out what the f this is and who I am and what I'm what I'm doing here and but not diving right into the covers first allows you to f build some sort of foundation as an artist as opposed to somebody whose sole purpose is to bring to life other person uh, somebody yeah, else's record yeah I mean I, I just threw a bunch of shit at the wall and you know nothing really stuck but fuck I mean what it you know it's failed a whole bunch of time with a bunch of bands that didn't you know work out man and um but you're doing ten thousand hours in the process. Yeah, hell yeah, I am, man. I'm what? What is that? Uh, my, my, I rocking him right now, man. My my, my <laughs> second dad, DDP, man, Diamond Dallas Page. He's the greatest person in the world. My hero, um, the guy that's responsible for me losing like fifty pounds over the pandemic. My, just my hero. Of my Are you life. doing his yoga? Yeah, dude. He he's he's literally been like uh, been responsible for my life, man. When I was when I was stuck in Atlanta, I, I got to meet him and. Um, he started letting me come to his house all the time and 
doing it with me and I've, dude's really changed my entire perspective of life like this guy is the most incredible groundbreaking wonderful person always has time just like the most you know, dude salt of the earth man and ddp he he always says this to me he's like look uh it takes it takes 10 years to build an overnight success you know and um He's, he's chopped full of shit like that. Like, but it's true. If you can own this six-inch piece of real estate right here between your ears, bro, you'll be unstoppable, bro. He's <laughs> fucking dude, intense as you can possibly get. But fucking man, I cannot. I would not even be alive if it wasn't for that man. He's he changed my life. He really has. Fifty he's, pounds, dude. He's yeah. I'm. I probably put about ten more back on of tequila while we were on our four-month stint of a tour and. <laughs> Was it really uh, keeping up with my with my yoga then? You know, it's kind of hard when you're on the road and treating yourself like shit. To, so, and I don't get to be home a lot, but when I do, even his first couple of days, we still go and get a workout in, and he whoops my ass and gives me a pep talk for a couple of hours, and you know, just sends me back on my way. <laughs> like, call me if you need me. <laughs> that's health. That's oh, by dude, the way, that's like really healthy. He's the f- best man. He's the greatest. So you're in bands. You're doing your thing. You're writing originals, trying to figure out who the f- you are. Still in the process of figuring out who you are as an artist. Is it? I the covers thing. I want to break down how you create a cover and how you bring to life somebody else's story. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start there. How do you do that? Like when, when you Shania Twain, for instance, that cover has 95 million That's views. Insane, man. How, like, where does that start for you? I guess like. So it was never really meant to be, like I said, it never, I never thought that this cover thing was where, where it would go or what I would do. It was, but it's not what you do. It, it was a stepping stone to getting people to check out your originals. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I didn't even have those as Teddy Swims prior to that, you know? So I had, okay. So I'll tell you just quickly how Teddy Swim starts is, so my buddy, Addie Maxwell, he's in my band, my best buddy. And uh, we were in a band called Wild Heart together and um, we'd release a few songs and, um, my best friend Tyler Carter, he was in this band called Issues, a metal band, a fucking badass. And um, so he's coming over to my um, our studio where my buddy Lee is. You know, uh, he's he's always we're always writing, working, and um, Tyler's over there getting his backtracks for tour ready for Issues tour. And um, at the time, me and Addie, Addie was like producing a bunch of hip hop beats and sending them out to people in Atlanta or whatever. And um, so I finally come over one night after work. Me and me and Addie were working at Chili's at the time together, and he's like, "Dude, we should we should just rap, do a rap song. Like, let's let's see what happens." And I'm like, "Fuck, man. Uh, okay, yeah, let's give it a shot." And I don't think I'm like I'm, I mean I could I can I can hold my own in that world, but he he he's badass. He's incredible at everything, and uh, he's just a freak. Play everything, do everything. Nothing's wrong with that kid. It's a, it's not. It's like a it's like a real animator, a 3D renderer of and plays every instrument, pick up a trumpet, like, oh, y'all still got it. Like, dude, he's a freak. But, uh, so we, we end up doing this one rap song, and, um, and it went okay, I guess. Well, Tyler comes over, he hears that. He's like, dude, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on tour, um, as, as my solo tour. Um, you guys wanna come open for me? And we're like, well, we only have one song. He's like, I'm gone for a month with issues in Europe. I'll come back, and I start my second leg of my solo tour. For Tyler, my, his his album Moonshine, um, and so we're like, okay, well, we get thirty minutes of music together, and we we can go. And um, right before that tour, we all get together, and I'm trying to figure out my names and you know shit like that. And I was going by Swims for that someone who was at me sometimes, and and Tyler was like, you should slap Teddy in front of everybody. I calls you Teddy. Teddy Swims. That's cool. And I was like, 
I hate that name. It's so lame. And they, they're, they're all like, no, no, this is cool. And he's like, well, I'm putting it on the flyer. So if you're coming on tour with me, it's going to say Addie Maxwell and Teddy Swims. And I was like, oh, dude, I fucking hate that. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, I'm, I'm on stage going by Teddy Swims. And it's, I still I still kind of, I guess it's too late now, but I still don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> but it's who I fucking am, I guess. So, um, so we're on this tour. I'm about like 19, I think it was like three weeks, like 19 dates or something we did. And um, we're just rap songs like just fucking going ham and my manager and my best buddy luke he, he comes to our like anaheim like our areas around la dates because he was out here living and so he's like dude there's like you know we might have been playing at 20 to 50 people or sometimes it was six people sometimes it was 100 depending on the place and he's like bro there's something special about teddy swims you know like there's something like i know you're rapping and you're just jumping up here and you're not really singing but people don't even have to know you like sing and they still are like He's like seeing you on stage is just you and you're just being you yeah. and just can think it's more of a stand-up routine than it is even a show, you know. And he's like, I, there's just something about you being you, you know. Like if he's like, if I see you in a metal band, I, I know you're doing the whole metal guy, you know. If you're in a country group and you're doing the whole whatever that is to take, and so he's like, dude, we should develop and figure out what this Teddy Swims thing is. Like start putting gas on that and. Um, so we started writing a bunch of songs for Teddy Swims that were more in this hip hop leaning area, coming out doing this, and um, it just happened to be June of uh, 25th of 2019, and I was like, man, it's 10 years since Michael Jackson had passed. Um, I, I'd like to, I just want to do a cover of like Rock with You because we found the stems online, and I want to just just to pay homage and. Um, we upload it and changes it. your life. Dude, it was like two days later and it has like a hundred thousand views on Facebook and we're like 10,000 followers and we're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is insane. So at that point I'm, I'm grabbing all my buds and I'm like, dude, all right. Cause we're all like in bands or working on other shit. And <clears throat> so I finally come to my boys and I was like, dude, if we just keep on doing this cover thing, like weekly, we just keep on these Tuesdays, just keep going for it. I was like, dude, if you can film and like you guys can play and you can record and you know, like <laughs> we can design, like what, like we should just all, you know, just put our effort in this. And and I, I, I begged all my buds. I was like, dude, just give me six months of your time, please. Just give me six months, and I, I, I know this will work. I know this will work, and everything will be good. Like we can make this happen. And uh, we basically all like Luke, Luke, uh, he he moves. So he, my my producer Lee flies out to LA, they hop in Luke's Prius, put a fucking U-Haul in the back and haul a Prius with a U-Haul all the way back to Georgia. Um, me and all my buddies move into this house together. This is a five bedroom house in Snellville, Georgia. And uh, we have my buddy Doran, my production manager who builds everything. He he uh, he put like a couple ply board walls in between rooms and we'd mm. separate this, we basically separated this five bedroom house to a studio of eight <laughs> bedrooms. And there's like, and there's like 12 of us living in this house and we're just like all gas on this man my boys are still working jesse's still working his commercial plumbing job with his dad man they're all still working and you know waking up at seven going to work getting off at three all gas on this thing until about 3 a.m dragging ass the next day to work and just putting all this effort into it filming shit doing these covers writing shit whatever we could get man whatever we can make happen and um and just because i just fucking it's dude it's so funny how it works because i i just made this promise like dude i know we can do this six months all i need if you guys can all just trust me, six months and uh insanely enough uh all my best friends just move into a fucking house together are uncomfortable as shit <laughs> and june 25th we start our 2019 we start our first cover 
December 24th of 2019, I signed a Warner Records and put all my best friends on salary. <laughs> a day fucking less than six bro, months, bro. bro. A day less than six months. I have goosebumps. It's insane, right? It just, dude, and just because I made a fucking promise, I didn't know how to keep it. Yeah, but you knew. <laughs> and, and the truth is, like, online, as toxic of a place as it could be, there is this instant feedback. So you yeah. you have this ability to understand if you're on the right path or not. And every indicator from that one Michael Jackson cover that literally changes your life. I mean, holy fuck. That's, you knew. You, you, you either had, there had to be a part of you deep down that knew. Yeah, no? there always was. I was never going to give up on this. I was never going to, I was never going to have a full-time job. I was never going to accept anything less. I was going to just work two days a week at Chili's, make about $40 a week and just run through change like do I eat or do I buy a bottle of R&R whiskey today I mean that's you know, kind of your that's... fucking vibe there but at the same time like dude I'd, I'd, I'd struggle over and over again and I'd lose every time I, I always tell myself man there's, there's like one thing about me is like I have to be right and I have to be doing the right thing I don't need to win I just need to know I'm right I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna do the wrong thing I'm not no matter how hard life gets my heart is always gonna be in the right place and I'm doing yes. the right thing and and I wanted that, and I promised my father, too, like, that's, all right, Dad, I'm going for this, you know? And <clears throat> so to be able to convince my buds, and again, like, you know, I, I, this has been like a, this has been like my motto for life now is that uh, make more promises because, you know, you the, the power of, like, promising my best friends something and they just put their life like, okay, sure, yeah, if you say so, let's do it, bud. And if I, if I wouldn't have kept that promise... Or we wouldn't have kept that promise together. Then, like, That's where it. where the f will we be? It's all of you, though. It took mm -hmm. all of you to get it done. And exactly, that, and that's beautiful. The power of like just making a promise to somebody that you don't know how to keep. It's like, dude, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. If I love you, we're gonna make it work. So, yeah. I, so I, at this point in my life, I I just with people I love, I I'm, I overpromise shit just to put myself in my back at the wall position. Because well, f I gotta make this happen. I told. I told you I'd do it, so you, you know, gotta do it. Make more fucking promises, you know. I'm not gonna lie to the people you love. So, what is your creative process when it comes to covers? How do you how do you even start? Like, how do you break down the vocals? How do you choose where you're like? Is there a strategy behind it? No, there's just kind of like sometimes there was uh, sometimes there was songs that you know like that were popular at the time. We would cover some some of the songs are just songs I've always loved since childhood or. Or artists that's influenced me in these songs and and a lot of them too were like you know you only could get asked 300 comments a fucking day to do tennessee whiskey by chris stapleton so eventually we had to do it yeah. i still dude i still get messages like dude do tennessee whiskey by chris stapleton i'm like dude by the time it took you to write that and message me that you and found it. even me to see it just google tennessee whiskey by teddy fucking swims <laughs> man if it's not there then maybe send me the message but i swear i've already fucking done it jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> Which I do. I love. I love people wanting to get involved and ask me to do stuff. So I don't mean to mean to be a dick, you know. But I was just like, God damn it, just luck for it. But I. So and there's there's you know there's there's all how we arrive at a song is it's just you know whatever. There's plenty of ways of how we arrive at it. But um, I just always had them kind of developing a version of it. You know, like Jesse might have this beautiful uh, acoustic like open tuning thing he's doing on a thousand miles vanessa carlton or and then there was times too man me and him forever used to we used to play bars and restaurants around yeah. covington and my, my hometown and 
I do at the time, bro. We used to get like, I, we used to have to split 150 bucks for like three hours of cover songs at, at bars, and if God forbid we even drank a f- drink, then they take that right out. They're like, you want a f- double whiskey? Uh, that's 20 bucks out of that 150 right there. <laughs> I, we would literally go home splitting like 50 bucks a piece. And Nothing. Like three hours of music, and you need to have people like, man, one day I'm gonna be so f- stoked because I'm gonna tell them, I'm gonna tell everybody, Teddy. Tell everybody Teddy sang at my bar because I know you're gonna be a massive super. Teddy sang at my bar, and and I used to like think I was getting supported and I was getting loved because people felt that way. But I'm like, how are you gonna look at me and tell me like you're gonna be a big giant superstar before Teddy swims or anything? You're gonna be a giant superstar, and one day I'm gonna brag to the world that Teddy swims sang in my restaurant. I'm, I'm gonna be, and then you're gonna look at me and tell me that you know that and it's undeniable for you. But then you're gonna make me sing three hours of covers for 150 bucks that I split with my best friend and let not even give me a free drink? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Is like, it, are we talking about uh, Sycamore Street Pizzeria? Uh, no, that was my first first restaurant. That I did. You sang there, though. Yeah, I did, man. That's where I, even uh, my, my pianist and MDJJ, he was first time I ever met him. Um, I was waiting tables there, and he's playing with my buddy Micah, and, uh, you know, my... my my whole staff that was the first place i waited to tell you. my whole staff was like let teddy get up there and sing like i'm like in the weeds with like five tables i'm like no nah, dude i can't fucking do that right now. i'm covered in grease pizza grease <laughs> and he's like get up there and sing so i'm in my fucking apron i'm i get up there and i you know i said uh, we sing climax and uh what's that uh you somebody by kings of leon mm-hmm. together and everybody's floored and you know i'm and it's it, it's happened to be a thing. So every every weekend we'd have somebody come in and play, and I'd be waiting tables, and they'd ask me to get up there and sing, and then put put the guy playing probably in an uncomfortable position, like yeah, yeah, sure, I guess we can figure out something he can sing, and then you know I'm I, I'm I'm so I'm so grateful for that shit too though. They're they they were really uh, they were really wonderful. Our, our boss Roger there was like always just so, f-ing. he was he was really like a fucking champion for. For me, I was like, you know, just, he's also the person that taught me, it was my first time waiting tables, and he taught me the value of something that I'll never be able to forget, because he's like, dude, you are clumsy, you're forgetful, dude, you suck at waiting tables, bro, you're so bad, and he's like, and I go back and look at my receipts, and I go back and see how many regulars you have that come in here, he's like, dude, you're my star, you're the best server here, mm. and you're horrible at your job, <laughs> but you'd be surprised, like, he's like, dude, you do this thing where charisma take you so far people love you and if even if they're allergic to pepperoni you bring them a pepperoni pizza they're gonna eat it with a smile on their face because they want they just love you dude you know and that's that's the thing he's like bro you're gonna make so much money in this life just the power of kindness and charisma is just out of this world you could shit shit on somebody's but you could shit on this and with a smile on your face and they're like oh shit i love this stuff and do you take these principles yes, and apply them man. to your life today? Dude, yes. Charisma takes you so... I mean, I do... Um, my, my best buddy, Tang, my tour manager, he's always like, dude, 80% of this business is being a good fucking hang. Mm. If you can do that, you're going to go so far in life, man. It's just all you got to do is be a decent fucking human. That's all it takes. So, Broke is your first original that is released on Warner. Yeah. Are we nervous to release that or is it different because pre-covers you've already worked to build a foundation as to who Teddy is and could be. I, I guess I built a foundation of fans, but... But also uh, understanding of yourself, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I, I definitely, as I was, like, kind of coming into releasing original stuff, it was, it, it was definitely, it's definitely scary, and I think, 
um, even even the first few bits of I, I I'll really credit TikTok because and the pandemic to to make giving me like two years of time to write and mm. and TikTok as much as I hated that platform I was able to start taking my own songs and trying them on there and letting them work and it's that's really been the thing that's turned me from a cover artist to you know what I am now but still there was even releasing broke or any songs after that there was still always a piece of me that's like and I say it all the time that like somebody's gonna be like. Dude, just shut up and sing Shania Twain, fat boy. Nobody cares. Just you know, nobody cares what you feel like. Just sing Shania Twain again. That's my favorite song. That's my first dance to my wedding. Just sh shut up and sing Shania Twain, you fat. Just do that. You don't have to write songs. Nobody cares about your. Shit. You know, so there's always a piece of you that's like, and 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 when you cover those kind of songs, man, those are like those are the best songs ever written. You know, like and you gotta like, if if you're gonna go up there and like go viral singing, I can't make you love me. You better come to the table with with songs of that caliber if you want people to give a fuck about your original songs yeah and, i mean it's and, true I, and people people care about my original songs now but so i but I, none of them are of the caliber of i can't make you love me i don't think really any song is of that caliber so i i think the the difference was is i definitely put this the space in my mind where i i wanted things to be so good or up to that level or live up to the standard of this this, this thing and um <clears throat> It doesn't have to, and things don't compare where they don't compete, you know. And yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be as good or what is the f what is good and what's objective as art. Well, right? that that yeah, it's it's up to the ears of the beholder, right? Yeah, sure. So I, I definitely, um, I definitely put this 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 piece of like fear, you know, that I I, I wasn't going to be able to convert this way, and um, I even I even right right at the beginning of the pandemic went through this very weird time where i was having this writer's block and i think we were all really fucked up the first six months of this pandemic yeah because right? it was like what is this what, yeah. uh, this we were adjusting to something that i don't give a fuck. nobody's gone through that unless you are somewhat a, you're a prisoner i'm so sorry but to yeah. be stuck in one area for horrible i mean that's uh, every human being had to get uh, adjustment yeah and I, I think i think too it was and for that whole time i was going through this writer's block and and i'll never i'll never be in writer's block again I, I i realized like the thing about uh so i was talking to my aunt one time and you know it was one of these thanksgivings a couple of thanksgivings ago and you know she's like baby you're never home you, you you never get we never get to see you every time i call you you're in la you're in nashville you're you're writing this song writing that song and it's like you've had to have written 300 songs why you only put up five of them on spotify and I was like, well, because I gotta, I gotta write the good ones. I gotta make sure I get the best ones. And she's like, well, why don't you just only write the good ones? And then you gotta get the, you, you gotta know, write the bad like, to get the good. Yeah. And I was like, I can't. And then, dude, it dawned on me that that was like the most incredible thing I've ever said. Is like, I can't just write the good ones. And and I was like in this place of turmoil where I had this writer's block because I was so worried about me writing good songs and songs I was writing having to be good. I can write bad songs and it be fucking okay. And I so instead of like thinking like, oh, I gotta go back and redo this. All right, fucking, this isn't good or this isn't perfect. Like, dude, fuck that. Like, write the horrible songs because guess what, dude? I got a bunch of them in my phone right now. You are never gonna hear about them, my bro. You're never gonna hear them. And that's okay. Yeah, and uh, nobody has to hear that shit. Nobody has to hear my worst songs. I tell I tell people all the time, man. I'm I'm a giant Beatles fan, giant Paul McCartney fan greatest songwriter of all time probably right mm. and there's this song by him that was solo record i think in i can't remember 80 something um if you get a chance check out this song called temporary secretary okay God, 
Dude, it has to be one of the worst songs of all time. <laughs> I, I, you know, again, if I, if he ever if I ever get so lucky that I get to meet him or if he sees this, please, Mr. McCartney, no, I respect you. I will I'll kiss his feet. He's the best writer of all time. But he he put out a bad song. Yeah, and, that's and it okay. probably isn't the only one. And it's okay because he's still Paul McCartney. He's not being held by temporary secretary. Nobody. He's fucking. He's got thousand of hits to back up temporary secretary. Well, that's it. There's other songs to drown out that one. So and somebody probably loves the fuck out of that song too. Like oh, no, yeah. that. There's probably I, that's my subjective opinion that it's bad. There's probably people that think that's the best song he's ever done. But that's art, right? Like that is that is that yeah. is fucking art. So do you hear growth? between unlearning in 2021 and where you're at today? Yeah, definitely, man. I definitely, definitely do. I'm, but you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things too, where I'm, I'm, I'm finally at the spot where I'm learning to love what it is about unlearning that, um, I still, I still can kind of enjoy those songs. Um, Interesting. Up, up until that, but also I still kind of like, when I hear those things, I, I, I still feel those feelings you know, with the way that they recorded and understand why we wrote it the way we did, but there's definitely always a piece of you that like looks back at six months ago like, oh, fuck, you're so not good. And, and it always happens, you know. You look at yourself, I'm sure six months from now, and be like, oh, why the fuck did they let me put that out? God, the song is not. You know, like there's, there's, there's always some growth that you're going to have, and I think you don't, you don't recognize your growth until you're disgusted by what you did six months ago. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that's the that's the only way you recognize growth. It's like it's like when you look at yourself in a mirror, you don't you don't feel like you're gaining weight until like you see a picture of yourself from six months ago and you're like, Fuck, I let myself go, dude. It's it's you don't really realize those those that growth are you know, and you until, need the reminder. Yeah, until until you see where you were and you're and you're kinda disgusted by it or so I I, I think I think I I know I guess that's the way to to say I, and I think ultimately too you know I, I at this point I have like a list and I'm writing still every day and there's a list of songs and a playlist that is I think about like 300 something songs that I've written over the last year and something and two years maybe and it's just growing and growing like a weed and there's some songs I love and some songs I hate and some songs two years from now that are just find their place you know like uh there's a song on unlearning unlearning called the last one is called will it find me and uh I remember writing that song, um, dude. I had I had just lost uh, my my place I was working at in Covington, Irish Bed Pub. It closed down. Uh, my transmission went out on my car. My lights, my water was out. My roommates moved out. This is right before all this Teddy Swim stuff happened. You know, I ended up moving back in with my dad, and all this shit came after that. But I just lost everything. You know, it was one of those like everything at once just fell apart. Dude, the girl I was dating, I had a kid. She left everything. It fell apart at once and so I'm sitting in an acoustic in my bathroom where there's some decent acoustics and um, I start writing the verse verses and pre's to that that song will it find me and um, my first trip out here in March of 2019 before the pandemic uh, one of the one of the first sessions I did as a co-write um, with with uh, this guy Ian Kirkpatrick and this guy Rabel um, Rabel helped me write choruses and bridge and and, and help me work on Will it find me? Cause I showed it to him. He's like, "Oh, we gotta write this. You just need a chorus and a and a bridge." And she spit out some shit, and and it ends up like three years later. That's amazing. Being on my first like Warner project that I'm putting out, and it was just me in my bathroom. I could still show you the voice memo on my phone from like June of 2018, like on my phone. It's 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 insane how it things are gonna find their spot, you know, or or they won't. 
or sometimes your favorite song that you wrote is you could be buried with your favorites too you know is that what you take away from that or learn from that moment yeah that if, if, if it's if it's if it's meant to find its its spot or if it's meant to come out at will but uh ultimately my my buddy mitchell tenpenny says this all the time man he's like dude you're gonna be buried with your best songs and yeah probably are yeah. your best songs out today or are they yet to come I, well hopefully hopefully if i'm doing it right they will always be yet to come but I guess what I think is my best though is not really like, you know, my best are always like this artistic, like weird, like, you know, like, or my favorite words that are like so true to me or my favorite melodies that might not be the, you know, it's sometimes like where it, it's so rare that the labels like, you know, and, and they're so wonderful. Warner's been so incredible to me. And, you know, sometimes there is that give and take where they're like, let's put this one out because they're like, this is an undeniable banger. But I'm like, this song's sucks dude i mean i'm glad i wrote it. i like I'll, I'll do it but you know it's it's not like it's not this one you know and so we'll have this like give and take of like well if we're gonna put that one out then i'm putting this one out you know and and so there's there's always that give and take but i i do find that like my favorite songs are probably the songs that aren't aren't going to be singles and they're not the ones that are going to be everybody's going to love it's going to be like the 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 deep like teddy swims fans that like will be like you know, it's it's gonna be my favorite ones are gonna be like deep album cuts that you probably won't know twenty years from now. But right? do we want an intersection where the where the two can cross? Yeah, I think we got I think we got a couple of those. I mean, I definitely like uh, and they're not they're not massive or anything, but like Bed on Fire or like Nine One One. I mean, those Nine One One's great, dude. Those songs were like I'm I love. I'm still proud. I love to hear. If, dude, if I hear Bed on Fire, I still like when I hear that song. I hear it on recording, and I'm just like. Man, we wrote the shit out of that song, man. I'm, I'm. So there are there are times where there's a song that works out and the label loves and I love, and it's a, it's a, and and everybody listens to it and loves. But it, it can happen, you know. And if you're doing it right, then hopefully that happens. But it's it's always going to be a compromise or a give and take on on something that someone, you know, I'm not here for. I I, I think I think the thing about this business is that and I'm finally learning is that like I'm not here to like. I thought forever that like I was I was writing my songs and I was like, please validate my feelings. And then you know finally all of a sudden thousands of people started validating my little fucking emotional toddler ass and I I still fucking like having the same issues you know because uh -huh. it's not about somebody saying it's okay that you feel this way I feel this way too. It doesn't fucking fix your problems. <laughs> my job is not to write songs for you to validate me. My job is for you to fucking I write songs. You give me money, and then when you're at your, when you're having your first date with your girl that you're with three years from now, you're gonna listen to that song, and you're not gonna think about my precious little feelings. You're gonna think about the first date you went on with your girlfriend, and that, or when you get married to my song, amazing, like people get married and have this dance, or to our Shania Twain version, right? That's that's a song that even if it's a deep cut, like for the next 10, 20 years, if their marriage works out, it's a that, part of you. There's always going to be a time where that couple is going to turn on amazing and it could happen 50 years from now and that song is always going to be like baby we danced 50 years ago today to this song it has nothing to do with my precious little feelings or my girlfriend i wrote that about or like but there is know? something to people hearing what you're going through and being understood by it yeah totally there is a commonality between your struggles and somebody else or maybe it, maybe it's not exactly the same thing but like I believe that like all humans are at least cut from a similar cloth, if not the same one, you know. So, the the, the struggles that we all go through, there's like definitely through lines. For, yeah, but they they appreciate they appreciate mine because I valid 
their emotional yes, 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 yes. You know totally. Saying? It's not about yeah. validation, validating yours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're that, validating theirs. I had that so totally. up. You know, I had that so up because I was like, dude, I still needed to, you know, even to the point but, I always, I always say this, like, you know, I'll, I'll write songs and especially if I'm really going through something like a, like a breakup or something like bad in my life, I'll, as somebody that writes every day all the time, you know, you, so you write and I'm, I mean, I'm a journal. I'm, I just write, 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 write all day, every day. I write. I got to get everything out. But then there's, there comes a time where you like, you write something and then you're like, okay, I dealt with that emotion. You set it away. But then there comes a time where you like, you overthink everything, overanalyze everything, that you end up writing the same feeling like a hundred times that instead of like getting the, instead of having the, the, the release of that, you have now overthought that and overstimulated every piece of that and looked at it from every perspective to the point that you now took this little problem that you could have just released into like being the most gigantic problem in your life because you've written it a hundred times and knowing that, God, if this comes out, it also has to pay my bills and the bills of my buddies. Mm. So now this problem that I've made into this giant thing is like now responsible for my well-being. Like maybe this girl broke my heart and this song I wrote about her or these 20 I wrote about her are now my well-being and my what's putting food on my table That's is my wild. heartbreak, right? You know, it's, 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 it's a weird concept what we do. How do you start a song? Does it start with lyrics? Does it start with writing to some sort of production? There's different. Sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll come with a production. Somebody will have a beat and we'll, we'll start, you know, uh, sometimes we'll just set up a microphone and, and just yell melodies at it, you know, and just really go, go and maybe I'll do a pass of it. Jesse will do a whole pass of melodies for a, throw, throw a loop. And, you know, later on we'll like comp, we'll comp some melodies like, okay, well this could be a cool verse part. This could be a cool chorus part. Boom, boom. Have the structure of a song based off of just melodies and we're mumbling just... And then sometimes maybe you might say a sentence. Maybe you might say a couple words or maybe you might have a concept that you're trying to lean towards. But it can happen that way. And then there's like, I guess, there's the way you call it like Nashville style writing, you know. Somebody will come in with this, uh, with this, this concept like, man, I was watching a movie yesterday and I heard this and... I just really want to write a song about this and we'll kind of gear towards that. You know, um, how the song amazing was written for instance. Um, you know, my, my buddy Dallas Davidson, he comes in and he said, man, yesterday I was, I was, you know, we had a, we had our housekeeper come by and, and she knocks on the door and my, my wife answers the door and she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I haven't put my face on. It's more, it's early morning. I, I know I look disgusting. And he's like, I looked over at my wife and I was like, baby, you look amazing all the time don't ever say that again and i was like he's like i want to write that you look amazing how will you wake up you look amazing and we went up writing that based off this concept that he wanted to have you know and so there's there's ways sometimes you run into a concept sometimes you have words you fit melodies to sometimes you have melodies you fit words to but there is that sweet sweet spot i like to say that like uh i, I got it from gabe bondock said it one time on a youtube and um he said uh there's every once in a while there's times where you, a melody and words will fall out of you at the same time, and it's just, I guess that's the stuff you needed to say. Mm. Um, I watched this video on John Mayer, fucking incredible songwriter too, right? And he says, uh, he says, if you're walking into to write a song and you pick up a guitar, he said it just like this, if you're not immediately Ouija boarding, then you're wasting your time. And he, he sits on this video and he just, like, literally, it was a perfect word for it. He just Ouija boards. Like, he just kind of fucking starts saying shit. Starts singing shit. Mm. And just throwing stuff at a wall. Like, 
and I, I I've gotten in this thing that I'll do, you know, because uh, we we do a very uh, we we do a very sacred test. Sometimes you, you with random strangers that you don't know, and then we're like here to write a song together, and and then you, you, it's so funny because you you'll never you'll never be in a room where you have a bad idea where somebody's like, get the f out, that was horrible. Bye, I don't want to work with you ever again. But still, there's some something inside of us too that like I even find with new people I write with where I'm like. You know, maybe the course is like I don't know. This might be stupid. This could be silly, but yeah, you're maybe nervous. The course, yeah, and you you have this like weird sh thing to share, you know. And so you have to be like you have to just swallow and just be these just like be ready to be horrible or be sure of being shitty and be make the big mistake, you know. You got to just you're not gonna know if you don't if you don't do it. And so I easier said than done. Yeah, for sure. You got to get used to it and be confident in yourself. Yeah, and I, I started doing this thing uh, in mornings. Every morning, uh, if I'm about to go into a session, I'll I'll pull up my laptop, and I'll have a mic just like this, and I either have a beat sitting there, or I'll I'll just I'll I'll put a timer on for 30 minutes. I'll lay a chord progression down, little beat, and I give myself 30 minutes to write whatever I can in that 30 minutes. And it's and it's stuff where I just go, I go in and I just sing the first line, hit pause, sing a second line, whatever the f falls out. And that by the end of it, it sometimes makes sense or it doesn't. Sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. But if I can get through a verse all the way up to a chorus, I'll go to my session, I'll come home, I'll open it up and I'll listen to it. And sometimes it's dope. And we end up going and like making that into a song. Interesting. Or sometimes it, sucks and it doesn't make any sense because it's truly stream of consciousness writing you know you're just saying you're just going for it just like we don't make love like we used to swear we only because we need to you know and you and you do like you just kind of just spit like a line 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 and 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 whether it does anything or not i call it like a brain cardio for me yeah i was gonna but, say is that like a warm-up just yeah, you go, yourself going well it's just it's just uh it's just going ahead and getting the habit of getting the fuck out of my way yeah you know and so i try to do that every morning to just get the fuck out of my own way so i could just be freely spitting out shit and not be like so worried about it being good interesting that's really fascinating honestly like, because doing that allows you to be more vulnerable and creative and open yeah. and and, suck. Give a fuck. and you can sh be shitty yeah and and that's okay. okay nobody's gonna be like get out and, and <laughs> if they do then they're assholes yeah they just yeah, they're, 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 not, they're just as happy to have me in that room as I am to be in that room. And ultimately, too, I'm allowed to suck because, of, uh, man, my buddy Christian says this all the time. If you're the coolest, if you're the best guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. A hundred percent. So I, I, I deserve to be able to suck in a room, you know? It's a, it's a process. Yeah. Is there a, something that all of your great songs share? Like a quality that you can find in every great song, in your opinion, that you've ever made? Um, Outside of your voice? You know, I don't, I don't know. I guess, um, I mean, they're, yeah, I don't fucking know, man. I don't know. I've never, really, I've never looked for like a through line. Yeah, I don't know. Having a voice like yours, is it a blessing or a curse to have a voice that's kind of its own genre? Um, I think, I'll say it's, a, I say it's a very good blessing. Um, man, I was, uh, the guy I'm about to go write with and I write with all the time, Stu, um, we were writing a song the other day and, you know, sometimes you don't know if a lyric's great or bad or if it could be beat because you push and beat this lyric and it'd be better and he's like well we just gotta we just gotta be careful because like you know teddy's gonna get up there on the mic and he's gonna sell you the lyrics so like whether the lyrics bad or good you're gonna still bring it to life it, it, you're gonna make and i was like well you know instead of us like having to push the lyric if, if you think that i can bring the lyric to life then maybe it's okay if the lyric's not incredible it's the difference of saying like i love you to like i love you 
it's the same lyric there, but like the, the way that you, you know, it's, I, I think I'm, I'm happy for my theater background because I think the biggest thing about singing is so much more acting and, and than it is singing, you know, it's so much more of like how you're, like what, what are you saying? And like, are they, are they hearing what you're saying? You can say the most bullshit lyric, but if I'm like, I'm, I'm positive that like I could take the happiest song and put it on a four chord ballad and slow it down and, and make you cry about apple juice if i had to you know but it, it, i guess I, don't, I wouldn't say that's a curse by any means but um well, i'd say it's a blessing for sure hard to be genreless because you can essentially be applied to every genre yeah that's amazing i um I, I the reason i i the reason i would even say that it's that way is like you know not only have i had experience in these different places but i'm as a as a listener of music i'm sure you are too as a listener of music i i love all of these these people in these genres for what they do for when I need them to do it. Yeah. Right. Like if I'm, if I'm listening to, if I'm listening to Adele, uh, her album, you know, I'm, 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 I'm listening to Adele, not cause I'm going out on my way to the bar with my friends, getting ready to party and have a fucking drink. I'm not listening to Adele right before I go do that. I'm, I, I, I listen to that when I'm being melancholy and sad and I want to cry and I need somebody to, you know, or, or, or if I'm if I'm just sitting at the house and it's me and my girl with a glass of wine, we, we put on stuff like that, right? But you could do all of it. Yeah, so well, that, Sam Smith. Oh, and that, that's that's the thing about it is like, dude, there's certain genres that lend themselves to, you know, I'm gonna listen to Future or Drake if I want to turn up. I want to yeah. listen to, um, if I'm listening, if I want to hear like a beautiful story, I'm going to I'm going to country for that. I'm if I if I want to be angry i'm going to metal for that and there's there's ways that these genres kind of lend themselves to these certain feelings right you know like there's there's a way to be angry in metal music that you can't get out of r&b music mm. but there's a way to make love in r&b music that you can't get out of out of out of pop punk music there's there's certain things that lend themselves to these these genres and so like and that's the most authentic way to push that emotion so for me as an artist i'm I have all of these feelings and I'm I'm a human that has all of these feelings just like all of us. So I don't I don't want it to ever be a situation where like you come listen to Teddy because he's the guy that's going to make you cry or he's the one that's going to fucking make you pumped up to go out and party. I want I want I want people to be able to like come to me for everything. Like if you want to cry or you want to you, you turn me on, you know? I I want to be I want to be you want to cry while you you turn yeah, me on. Yeah, exactly. I I want to be able to I want to be able to like as an artist have all these emotions and and i want to be give you the f life you know i want to give you like all of all of all of your emotions and in, in one i like i should be able to do that and as a vocalist or as somebody who studies the voice i i can honestly tell you i'm like dude it's so hard to be a fan of a voice if i find somebody i love or somebody that can do anything that i can't do with their voice i'm like it's gonna drive me insane until i figure it out i have to know how to do that i mean this is the most incredible instrument. It's a real. Yeah, you yeah. gotta, you gotta. I gotta, I gotta know whether it's opera or fucking screaming or rapping, whatever it is. I have to know how to do it. I got to, and I gotta, I gotta be able to do it authentically as well when I do it. I got, I got to, I got to. That's beautiful, really, truly. Teddy swims. By the way, you gotta listen to his music. Link in the description below. We're gonna get it all in there. I mean, you bring up acting. The more you talk, when you said that, it it all kind of made more sense because you really do apply acting to everything yeah it's bringing to life emotion um pete talton oh man i was just dude he just hit me up this morning about fucking you say his name i got chills man what an angel of a fucking 
man that is. He changed your life too. God, yes, bro. God, yes. He Theater did. director. God, he's thick. Dude, he's the salt of the earth. Him and his family too. All the salt of the earth. God, he, dude, he did everything for me, man. And even when I was in school, we, we, uh, I think, I think like my last year, I think I did like in, in two semesters, I think we did like nine plays together my, my senior year. Wow. That's all I was doing, man. And, um, truly like, uh, what, what kind of is a point of me graduating school? Um, we, we, we really, we, we, we wrote this uh, Star Wars musical parody, Swamp, we called it, and we would take like songs from other musicals like uh, Millennium Falcon as Grease Lightning. You know, go Millennium Falcon, go. You know, we'd have like <laughs> one day more from Les Mis. It's yeah. like, use the force. And you know, like kind of, so we wrote this whole like parody based off of like the, the first original Star Wars, uh, New Hope, and, and, and dude, we sold out two weekends back to back. Basically like pulled our whole theater department out of debt and like saved the day in there. I guess... I guess we're like, you know what? You, here's your diploma. You're fine. <laughs> Go ahead, get out of here, kid. <laughs> we don't want you to be in grade ten plus anymore. You got to get the fuck out of here, dude. That's amazing, though. Yeah, bro. He's, dude, he's dude. He's changed my fucking. He's, and one of these days, when I get to where I want to be, we're gonna we're gonna sit down and write a musical together again. That's like looking at one of these days. Maybe maybe my sophomore album or something. <laughs> How do you define success right now, man? Truly, if 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 you can. When you can share success, when yes. you can when you can put somebody in a position to get it, then that's that's when you got it. Interesting. So when you can share it, yeah. If I if I can put if I can put my best buddies in a place to to be successful in what it is that they're looking to do, then that is that is ultimately what success. I, I haven't succeeded until I can give that opportunity to someone. Right? That's special. Yeah. No, I I've asked that question to a lot of people, and I've never gotten that answer. And appreciate oh, and respect yeah, it yeah, no, dude, appreciate the hell of that god please listen to teddy swims his music there's a link in the description <laughs> below and he's beyond worth your time and i thank you so much for <laughs> thank you dude, man. hanging dude, out today hell man. yeah man you're really incredibly special dude, you are too man i'm glad to be here bro teddy swims bro everybody listen to it listen you have an album on the way no like I, you know it's so funny you have the record with megan trainer out uh-huh which is a great song but i keep maybe your label was telling me that there could be something is that because you are constantly making um, things? Yeah, we, we were supposed to, well, before that song, we were supposed to have an EP come out like this month, but then the Megan Trainer thing came up. Um, I just released a song with MK and Burns, an EDM song called Better. It just came yes. out Friday. And then um, uh, my good pal Linium, we have a song coming out on the 29th of this month together too. So it was supposed to, it was also supposed to be coming out this month but we kind of pushed it back to september because all these things kind of yeah. went through the pipeline so but the ep's done yeah i think it'll be september i think it's gonna come out then well you never know listen to what teddy has now link in the description below plus we're gonna be playing it right here on amp i really do man i appreciate you beyond ah oh, man thank you teddy swims everybody hey, hey beautiful human you made it to our conversation with teddy swims thank you so much for joining us i really appreciate it please let us know who we should interview next you got the power around here so suggestions, send them our way at Sexing Show on any form of social media. And please be safe. Hug your family if you can. And don't go to jail. Have an amazing day. Oh, and subscribe to our podcast. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. He was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. 
Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Dorastock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herless. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. Talk to you soon.